From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Bloomberg Audio Studios. Podcasts, radio, news. For more on J.M. Smucker's results, we're joined by the man himself, Mark Smucker. He is the chairman, president, and CEO of the company. Mark, it's great to have you with me. And of course, J.M. Smucker has been busy. As we discussed, of course, you bought Hostess, you divested the company's Canadian condiment business, you sold uh, one of the snack lines, and also certain pet food brands. When you take a look at the portfolio right now, is it set or should we expect, expect more news from you? Well, we're always evolving, Katie. Thanks for having me. We, we have done a tremendous amount of work over the last three years to reshape our portfolio, to really get focused on the brands that are going to drive growth. We were very fortunate to have the opportunity to add Hostess through acquisition. So we are very, very pleased with our portfolio right now because, as you just heard from Diana, we are growing across all of our metrics, across all of our categories. We have very... Uh, a lot of optimism for Hostess. And of course, if you look at Uncrustables, that's a key growth driver. So very pleased with our portfolio. But as always, we will continue to evolve over time. Well, Mark, let's actually rewind a bit and talk about the catalyst for acquiring Hostess. What was the logic there originally? So our strategy is to lead in growing categories. We have done very well where we've been able to acquire leading brands in categories that are growing. Hostess is, is one of those. If you think about snacking, snacking has continued to grow. Indulgent snacking, which obviously sweet baked snacks are, grows at a faster clip than other types of snacking. So adding to our Uncrustables business, which obviously has, uh, you know, it's a higher protein offering, adding the Hostess brand is a perfect complement to our snacking portfolio. And so what else is in the pipeline for Hostess? Of course, this is your first earnings report since you acquired it pretty early in the process there. But how will you keep the pace of innovation going forward when it comes to Hostess? We've been so impressed by the Hostess innovation cycle. They have a great team. They are able to innovate relatively quickly. They launched a, a new product last year called Casbars, which is like a chocolate-dipped sandwich-type offering, which has done exceptionally well. And they really excel at seasonal and new flavors. So if, is, our job is to combine the complementary natures of our business and continue to innovate in the way that they have already demonstrated that they can. And I do want to talk a little bit more about pricing here because especially for a lot of the food companies, pricing is still a big issue. I actually spoke to the CEO of Mondelez last week and they're going to have to continue raising prices on some of their products because you just take a look at the price of cocoa. It's been going up for quite a while right now. When you look across your portfolio, are you having to increase prices still at this point or what's the strategy? 
So first of all, we take a very prudent approach to pricing and our portfolio across our categories offers a spectrum of value. So we have brands that are more affordable, brands that are premium. So we really have something in each category for all of our consumers. And although we view that we are generally in an inflationary environment still, we pass along price declines as well, which we did in the last six months on coffee. So we want to just make sure that we're listening to the consumer, focusing on their consumer needs, and being thoughtful when we do need to take pricing actions. So that's a really interesting point on coffee. Would you expect to pass along more price declines on some of your other products as well in the future? Commodities are still volatile, so it's hard to say at this moment in time what is going to happen, but we really think about what our hedge position is, what our physical costs are, and we, we will move only when we need to and in a very thoughtful and, and measured way. Let's talk about price versus volume. As I was discussing with Diana, I mean, you're kind of an outlier in that you've actually been able to increase volume here. In terms of continuing that growth, that momentum when it comes to volume, do you view price declines as a necessary ingredient of that? You know, I think, for, you know, the volume growth has been driven by a couple factors. Number one, we continue to invest in our brands. We believe very strongly that marketing is a key tool, communicating with the consumer. We recently turned on advertising on Uncrustables, had some great partnerships with professional athletes. And so marketing is key, but just as important is offering that entire spectrum of value to the consumer, whether that's a basic milk bone biscuit or a more premium milk bone long-lasting chew, again, making sure that we have offerings for, for all types of consumers is really key to driving that volume growth. Well, when it comes to volume growth, I mean, this is a topic I'm really interested in. How do you actually increase this? How do you actually make consumers buy your product more, which is, of course, always the goal? How big is marketing spend in that push? You know, we it varies by category, we generally target about 6 to 7% of net sales, and we want to make sure that our brands are relevant in today's culture. Last year, we had a great campaign on GIF where we involved Ludacris, who was you know, obviously very hot right now with his participation in, in some films and, and other, obviously in the Super Bowl recently. So making sure that our brands can live in the contemporary vibe that is today's culture really helps to, to bring those brands top of mind for consumer and they think about that when they go to the, sh the grocery store and they buy our products. I gotta say, Ludacris coming out on stage during the halftime performance, that was a pretty good moment, but let's talk a little bit more about your brands because like you mentioned, it's quite a portfolio. We're talking about Folgers to Smuckers itself to Jeff Peanut Butter, as you mentioned. Where do you see the most growth going forward when it comes to, again, that offering? The fastest growing brands are Uncrustables. We, can, we will continue to see double-digit growth on Uncrustables. Lots of innovation coming. A new plant in Alabama coming online this year. Bustello will continue to grow significantly. And if you look at our pet portfolio, um, double-digit growth on both Meow Mix and Milkbone in this last quarter. So there's a lot of bright spots. And then as we've been public, we've modeled Hostess on an ongoing rate uh, 
over time at about a 4% rate. So we, we really see great opportunity coming back to my you know, initial comments that we are focusing on brands that we know we can grow and we've shed assets that we thought would be more challenging to grow. Well, I want to talk about how distribution plays into that because you have mentioned, of course, being able to expand in convenience stores in particular. Which of your brands and products do you think would work particularly well in that channel? So with the Hostess acquisition, we inherited great capability in convenience stores, which we have had not as much impact in that channel in the in the past we recently developed an uncrustable that actually has a long a slightly longer shelf life over time we think there's opportunity to leverage the hostess model and insert products like uncrustables like some ready to drink coffee in the convenience channel and likewise with hostess there are plenty of opportunities to expand the footprint of hostess in the traditional grocery channel as well so that again that complementary nature and learning from each other is going to be key to growth in the future. And Mark, I'm sure you've been asked this question quite a lot in the past few months. I'm going to ask you about GLP-1s. Of course, those weight loss drugs really in the center of most conversations happening right now. How are you viewing that potential risk to your business going forward? So it, it's interesting. Very, The most important thing is that we're going to listen to our consumer, right? And we're going to pay attention to what the consumer wants and needs. We have not seen any meaningful impact from, from these drugs on our business. As I pointed out earlier, the growth of snacking broadly and more specifically the way that indulgent snacking is outpacing other types of snacking continues to bode well for us. We will always listen to the consumer. We, we have options that are smaller portion sizes. We have options that have reduced sugar and that's across our portfolio, whether it's on Crustables or even in our coffee portfolio, making sure that we have the, the options available to the consumer and that we're ultimately meeting their needs. All right, Mark, really enjoyed this conversation. Hope to speak with you again soon. That, of course, is Mark Smucker of JM Smucker. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at cuttereconomicforum.com.